I'm your host, Sean Neese. And on this show, I talk with people who live outside the box and provide a platform for opinions not often heard in the mainstream media. I have long-form interviews with comedians, actors, bloggers, uh, musicians, artists, activists, and other people who are pursuing their creative and intellectual passions. I'm here for a month and you're like, well, what are you doing here? It's like, well, I'm an international drug mule. And... Uh, <laughs> Actually, you know, uh, you'll never guess what I do for work. I'm actually a psychologist in, uh, in Sydney, and uh, I really love my job. And this is episode 93. And that was a clip of a stand-up performance from my guest today. I will be playing a conversation we had. His name is Michael Charles. And yes, like he said in that clip, he is a psychologist and a stand-up comedian from Sydney, Australia. And, you know, psychology has always been a topic that's fascinated me. I've, uh, like, I've enjoyed reading uh, a lot of books that relate to psychology. Uh, Probably Carl Jung is the one I like the most. I know he's a little more mystical. I also have a lot of stand-up comedians I follow and enjoy watching, and some comedy podcasts I like listening to. I've interviewed a lot of comics on my show, as well as you know people from all art forms and walks of life. But and I do comedy myself, well, improv comedy, not stand-up comedy. And I've done comedic acting in films and things like that. And I just thought it would be interesting to have him on and have him talk about those two passions and maybe how even though you know you don't really consider a stand-up comedian or a a psychologist in the same ballpark even I thought it'd be interesting to discuss maybe how those two worlds connect in some ways like you know, as a comedian, you're kind of looking at people, you're looking at the world and trying to understand how it works, how people think, and you're, you know, making humor out of it or pointing out the humor in it. And as a psychologist, you're trying to analyze people and the way they think and as a way to help them. And maybe, I don't know, maybe comedy can be a therapy in a way too. We, we go into that a bit in the conversation. Um, and yeah, he was here a month. Like I said, he was from the, uh, he's from Australia and I've interviewed, uh, some other people from Australia. I interviewed Steve Hughes, who's a stand-up comedian and a formal, also a metal, he was in metal bands, a metal musician in Australia. And also Jude Monique was a woman that was on my, from Australia that was on my special episode I did on the Improv Now group. That was episode 80. And actually, I interviewed... It was the same thing. I interviewed her before she left to go back to Australia. And, yeah. 
So it was cool that I got to interview uh, Mike before he left. But I, I enjoyed the conversation we got into, and here's the conversation. I hope you enjoy it. All right. Now it's Michael Charles and Sean Neese BSing. Yeah, on Sean K. BSing with Sean K. Wow, thanks, Im- man. Yeah, the improv. Say whatever. Thanks for having me. I mean, I yeah, I just got shy for a second there, which is, uh, it happens. Yeah, and uh, I, you, you're another, uh, one of my guests, you performed at the Triple Crown. You're, uh, you're from Australia, you're a comedian, and you, you also have a background in psychology. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and uh, so tell us about yourself, like, how, how'd you become interested in psychology and then later, and then later comedy? Yeah, I mean, I guess the two of them overlapped. I mean, I did undergrad in, in psychology, then I left it for a couple of years, and I was a bit, a bit of a musician, artist type. Um, did a bit of stand-up, did a bit of singing, songwriting, acting. Um, and then I went back and did my postgrad, and now I'm a registered psychologist in Sydney, so I have my own private practice. Um, so that's really great. Um, so I guess they just always overlapped. I, I think that humour is a really big... I think humor is a natural and an essential part of being human. I think can be can be used as a tool really well. Uh, obviously, not just in therapy, but just in life in general. I think human beings respond to the release of of laughter, and I think it's super important. Yeah, Alan Watts. I don't know if you're familiar with Alan Watts, the the meditation. He t- he has a, he talks about like laughter. And like mindfulness. Yeah, right. Sure. Yeah, he says like let out, let out. He has more of an English accent. He's like let out a nice belly laugh. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's how the inner yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. All that tension and then the release. And I think comedy is that that stimulation of that point between tension and release. Human beings respond to that stimulation, that change of state. And that's why I think comedy is important and 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 it works because people get to experience a change of change of present moment and state so it's that tension release tension release yeah i imagine it helps a lot with like depression and anxiety like a bit like laughing yeah obviously yeah yeah i think that was patch adams kind of philosophy okay they did that movie on him with robin williams he was like a doctor that sure like he had patients that were sick like physically yeah he used laughter as a way to yeah oh it's a huge people uh people respond well to humor and laughter yeah have you learned like so have you learned anything through being a psychologist that you could apply to comedy or like vice versa like have you used any of your comedy skills in your therapy uh i think just for my own uh my own journey i've 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 actually had a history of shyness and social phobia so a lot of people a lot of clients present with shyness Mm -hmm. um which is basically stemming around shame which is a natural part of being human um, if we didn't have shame, we would do all sorts of inappropriate things and we'd get kicked out of the community and, you know, we'd be alone. So there is a reason why we have shame and we question ourselves and we make sure we toe the line and fit in and, and, and want to be liked and please people. So there's always uh, there's always that, but sometimes it can get a little bit too much. And so it's really great to... Um, there's a technique in psychology called uh, shame attacking or... You know, just basically looking and working with your shame or your fears or your anxieties around appearing stupid or uh, you know standing out. What will people think? They're gonna they're gonna think I'm weird. They're not gonna laugh. So it all kind of ties in quite nicely to uh, addressing 
shame and fear and anxiety. I mean, how, what's more scary about getting up on stage and, and, yeah. and saying, hey, this is who I am. Do you think I'm funny? Don't throw tomatoes at me. Or, or tomatoes, as you guys say. Yeah, that's interesting. It's because uh, a lot of people I've talked to get into uh, psychology. Like, that's usually one of the reasons for it. Or like into, you know, before. But it's like, because it's like you want to help yourself. So then you kind of apply that analyzing yourself and want to help yourself to helping yeah, other people. Like, I, I even for a short time thought about like doing psychology like I've read books yeah. on psychology because sure. like I, and actually that's more like why I do the podcast like okay because I to, to get over like being I mean I, I'm a lot more confident now than I used to be but it kind of helped me with like shyness you had and, shyness yeah yeah okay that doesn't surprise me yeah people are often shy it's very common um, and it's important as a therapist to normalize that that it is really normal to have those thoughts yeah. And that second guessing and yeah. Yeah. Just uh you know, like being sure of what you do. Improv maybe helps. I don't know if you've taken improv, like I met you at the improv, like Yeah, I've done a couple kind of, of improv classes. That's a whole new set of skills. Um, but I was I was I was always trying to make it funny because I think um I kinda try and make things funny, you know, doing comedy and I was told that that was the last thing you should do in improv, so I was like, Oh sorry. So yeah. <laughs> I'll have to uh, go back into improv and not be so worried about being funny and just go with it. Yeah. So who 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 were some comedians that inspired you? I definitely think because I grew up in the seventies and the eighties, um, a bit older than you, um, I'm assuming. Uh, the first comedian, and I used to watch a lot of American TV, so I spent a lot of time in the States. I used to live here a few years ago, and I come back regularly, so I really do feel very American, if that makes sense. So growing up watching a lot of television, a lot of American stuff, um, I think Eddie Murphy was the first comedian that really grabbed my attention, and the fact that I remember, for example, Delirious, I think it came out in the early 80s, uh, with the red leather, I'll, I'll never forget it. It was so inappropriate, and... Uh, you know, risque, and as a person, I love saying uncomfortable things and truths and making people express themselves without filtering. Um, so I used to love people like that, even like, for example, early uh, Joan Rivers, uh, she was quite inappropriate back in the day. I think now, uh, of course she's passed now, but she became more normal. But back in the day, she was really ahead of her time. Yeah, and Le I think Lenny the Bruce was like the first comedian to really like be edgy. Yeah. Like Brooklyn. He came from Brooklyn. He's Brooklyn Jew. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with him. I, I'm familiar with him. Yeah, but uh, more familiar with some other people I used to kind of tap into. Back but you in like that, like going in controversial directions with comedy. You don't want comedy to be too safe. No, I mean I have a th I have a bit of a theory that I don't think anything at all should be off limits as long as it's done in a comedic way. It's, it's an art. So if you're just being flat out racist with no craft, no art, then it's not comedy. Yeah. I think it, the, the, the art is in, um, in the craft and I don't think anything should be off limits. That's just my personal opinion. And so I really like insult comedy. Uh, a, lot, a lot of the, uh, for example, a really good mainstream insult uh, comedy kind of program of all the, all the Comedy Central roasts, they're really great because you get a snippet of all the, the current um, comedians that are out and it's they're going for the jugular when they're hosting or sorry roasting the uh, person on stage I mean I remember uh, I had a lot of respect for Donald Trump <laughs> when he was getting roasted because he I think he did pretty well that's hard to be humiliated 
in front of the world. I mean, he's doing a great job now, but he does it on his own. But back in the day, he was getting roasted, and I loved that. I think good, good on him. I had a bit of respect for him, just as long as you know. As oh, before, as before he was a president. This is like about yeah. 10, 12, 20 years ago. I don't remember when he was roasted. Yeah. I think it was like maybe. I remember Pamela Anderson was the first one I saw. That was two thousand and five, and that was pretty cool. I think he was after that. But yeah. I love Jeff Ross, and you get a chance to see. Uh, I think the first time I ever heard of Amy Schumer was on the. Uh, let's see, what's his name? Um, who married? Uh, can't think of his name. It's crazy. I can't remember his name. But uh, who married Denise Richards? <laughs> who was married to Denise oh, yeah. Richards? Him. Can't think of his name. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, Denise Richards. She was like. She was I remember in the nineties. And she was married to the guy that was getting roasted. Why can't I remember his name? Help me out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. Emilio Estevez's brother. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen was roasted. And Amy yeah. Schumer. First time I saw Amy Schumer was on that. That was that was that was amazing. So you know, um, just heaps of uh, you know unknown talent get a chance to. Uh, to basically do their thing, and I, I love insult comedy. So anyway, that's just something that I love. I like roasting. Or do you, do you are you into like? But what about like people in the audience? Like if someone's in the audience, roasting. Uh, yeah. Do you mean like like when someone heckles you and you want to pick them out or? Well, that that's one thing. Like if they heckle, but like I, I know like sometimes like they'll say, oh. Well, Look at your hairdo, man. I'm gonna make fun of your hairdo, man. Or like, I think it just depends on the mood. Yeah. I don't know. Because I think I saw this one comedian. There was this like goth guy in the audience, and he had like a shaved head, and like there was like this. His hair was like coming down in the back. So then he he said like, oh, you got this alien versus predator thing going sure. on. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you're turning up to a comedy show, you should probably expect it could happen. It might not. Yeah. But I think you should expect it. I think it's kind of a normal thing that could happen. Uh, getting uh, picked picked on or reverse heckled is that what it's called I don't know yeah yeah um, but yeah I don't tend to do it I don't tend to yeah. pick people out so do you have like views about like punching up versus punching down because I know you say you like it to go controversial but like like um, like, like if somebody makes a yeah if somebody makes like a joke about the disabled like obviously that's you know controversial but it's kind of it's like punching down you know yeah, so picking on a little guy. Yeah. Uh, look, again, it depends if it's done well. Um, if it's, you know, if it's done in an art, artistic fashion, you know, comedy is an art, like, you know, acting, singing. Uh, if it's done in a way that's that's funny, uh, I, I think great. You know, I think that we're, I mean, in America especially, I feel like it's quite PC. Um, and I think that that'll change back. So you think people need to lighten up? More, I guess you I, think people are getting. I a little think too as upset. far as comedy goes, there's a reason for it. It's the, it's the only, you know, there's no holes barred. That's the tiny little space left for being whatever you want to be, how to express yourself in an artistic fashion. So I don't think uh, I think if it's done artistically again, I think great. You just you just have to make sure it's you know you do your best at being artistic, creative, funny. Yeah, does it differ uh, from Australia and... Uh, I think Australians are a little more uh, openly racist in the sense that we will <laughs> let things out now and yeah. then and it's a little more normal. It's not so PC. Um, like racist meaning people will, will notice differences in different types of people and they'll comment. Now, whether or not they absolutely hate that person, I don't think that's the case. I think it's just, oh, I'm observing this, I'm feeling this, I'm going to say it. Uh, whereas here, I feel it's no one says it, but it doesn't change yeah. the fact that it's there. Yeah. So well, well it probably depends like what part of the U.S. you go. I think yeah. there's, there's yeah. still like some more openly racist. Yeah. I know a lot of people talk, you know, talk about this 
country still being very racist. So I, I guess like with a lot of what Trump's saying and like the people he's well, drawing, he's like pretty upfront, which is interesting. He's honest. He's yeah. He, but I don't think he's, he's not doing it the right way. He, it's not. That's not yeah. the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's kind of like punching. Well, he's the president kind of punching down on yeah, the little people. Yeah. I don't know what the outcome is. I don't know what he's trying to achieve with that. Yeah. You know, it's not creative, but it's also not functional. It's not progressive. So, you know, it can't just be like... No, nothing good's coming out of it. It's not like just like a South Park episode making an edgy joke, you know. <laughs> no, there's, there's nothing clever about what he says. And yeah. in a way, he's kind of honest, which is interesting, but yet he's doing absolutely nothing with it. So what's the point? It's like, yeah. that's great, but what are you going to do about it? What can we do to move forward? Yeah, it'd be good to have someone who's, you know, honest. That's honest like, and actually wanting to do like the right thing. Yeah, not yeah. Just like <laughs> Let's do something with this. Okay, we, this is what we've got. What can we do with it? How can we make this the best it can be, rather than just saying this is what we've got. You yeah. Know, let's do something. And anyway, I'm not. I don't have to vote here, so I'm off, I'm off the hook. So I'm an outsider. Oh yeah, so you don't have to. I don't have to. Yeah, do this is like your last. You're only here like for a little bit. Right? I'm only here for a little bit. I, I used to live here for about three years, about five years ago, and I'm always coming back and forward. As I said, I feel like growing up with such a, so much American TV, um, I really feel very, um, you know, an affinity to the States. So I actually feel more like an, uh, an American than an Australian. So they're probably going to take my passport off me. But um, but yeah, I, I really, uh, I don't know, I just really uh, gravitate towards, you know, Americana, I'll call it. Yeah. Would you do stand full uh, stand up full time if you could? Or are you more passionate about your work as a psychologist? Yeah, I don't know. I can't answer that. I'm not sure. Um, don't know. I'm not that far into comedy. To I'm only early days. I've been doing it often on the last few years. It's not like I've been doing it a long time. I'll get back to you in a couple of years. I'll tell you. Yeah. So so now it's more of like you said it was like more of a hobby I guess you're doing it or are you yeah like, it's are you I, like invested uh, in this yeah it's it's, it's 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 more of a I guess a hobby at this point um but uh, yeah I'm gonna see what happens so, so would you ever be able to talk about your experiences as a psychologist in your standup without violating like confidentiality rules like if you change the name or um I guess technically you could. If there's no names and addresses or photos, um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother. I don't think I'd bother with it um, because I just think it's just getting into, you know. I mean, I'm very, I take my professionalism very seriously. You wouldn't think so being a standard yeah. comic, but absolutely, 100% client confidentiality. I'm super um, strict about. It. In fact, some other, uh, some other people in my group that I have supervision with, other professionals, they think I'm too, they think I'm way too. Um, strict and formal about ethics and things like that but no but that's a good point well i guess because like the the patient's confiding in you you want to you want your patients to be able to trust you and not you know just like oh i'm gonna go uh, yeah yeah, i'm hearing your problems but i'm gonna make you know make a stand-up routine about you behind (laughs) yeah Yeah. and and actually in australia i don't even say i'm a psychologist i just say it here because i'm so far removed i'm not i'm not registered in this country i'm not working in this country uh, obviously, I don't say anything about what I do, but I might just mention uh, that I'm a psychologist. I don't, I don't go into any more detail than that, just because it's shock value. They don't think that I'm, <laughs> you know, they think I'm a. Uh, I mean, I make a bit of a joke and say that I'm an international drug mule, um, but I'm actually a psychologist. So that's quite funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess you prescribe them, but you can't prescribe. No, no. It's just that I, I don't think I look like a, a cookie cutter. 
Sure. Yeah, yeah, you look kind of like Russell Brand. Well, yeah. I think Australian uh, Russell Brand. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I just joke and say I'm an international drug mule. Oh, no, I'm a therapist. So, yeah, so uh, that's as far as I go. But, yeah. So where have you performed live? You did the Triple Crown, and where else have you done uh, I've done the Greenwich Village Comedy Club. Uh, I've also done Old Man Hustle, Lower East Side. Um, strangely enough, I'm just remembering this, years ago when I used to sing, I actually did an acoustic set at CBGB's Downstairs Lounge before it shut down. And that was uh, a while back. So that wasn't comedy, but that was me when I used to do some singing. And that was cool, CBGB's. That's gone now. Yeah, so, so wait, you did, you did music? I, I've done like singing in, in the past, songwriting. Yeah, I know CBGB's was mainly like a punk Venue. Yeah, they yeah. had like a they had like a songwriter showcase every. So week did you or do kind of I guess like alternative kind of stuff or? Yeah, kind of sort. It was folky uh, kind of stuff I used to do. Um, they used to do um, there and the bitter end. They used to have a showcase that used to. Uh, I think it was New York, New York songwriters or something like that. Uh, they used to have um, every week. Yeah. So, what's your uh, ultimate goal with your comedy? Where would you one day like to be? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, that's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. You're not sure? You just want to like, keep doing it, see where it takes you? just want to keep doing it, keep pushing about the boundaries, personal boundaries. Also, like when you go back to Australia, you're gonna get back into the comedy scene there. What was what's the comedy scene like there, like versus here? I mean, I it's funny. I actually have a bit more experience over here than in Australia. Um, I, you know, obviously that New York's got like eight million people. And how many million people in New York? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, how many million people? Yeah. Like. Quite oh, I don't know. I never, I never really googled well, it. I think it's like half. A lot of people. I think so. it's half the population of. Uh, I think New York's got half population of the whole of Australia in it. So. Oh, really? As you can imagine, you could be doing two shows a night here. You just jump around. Yeah, and you get much larger. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of the center to be, but I guess also in other places there's like a smaller community and they all know each other. Like here, it's harder to. Yeah. Uh, to, yeah. to break to like break big or. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, look, I don't know, it's kind of like, there's a lot of options here, but there's more people. Um, yeah. But I think that as an, I think just in general, I think Americans are way more nicer. Yeah, yeah, uh, you said that, I think when we all said, oh yeah, good set after you performed with the Triple Crown, you're like, yeah, Americans are very supportive. But. Well, they are, and like, yeah. I've been to a few shows <laughs> yeah. and everyone's laughing, and I actually think, that's not very funny, not, not my stuff, it's another comic, and I'm like, that's not funny, but everyone's really <laughs> laughing, I'm like, well, that's really nice. So Australians um, are more blunt, I guess, or? Uh, like a bit more, they scrutinize a lot more, a little bit more like careful with people. As Americans are very like face value and very friendly and open straight away and confident. As Australians take a little bit of time to warm up, I think, yeah. uh, and give of themselves. Uh, it all comes back to the tall poppy syndrome, which is a uh, a condition that is uh, it's come from the UK. And it's basically, if you can imagine, a field of flowers or poppies, and there's one that stands out. And basically, it wa the other poppies want to level that tall poppy down to the everyone else's level, so you don't stand out, don't say you're any good, don't come across as egotistical, don't, you know. So here, it's the opposite. Like here, you, you're meant to really believe in yourself, and people support you, and yeah. I think that's super important. It's interesting. I, I interviewed a, a girl from uh, Japan a while ago. She like sings jazz, and uh, 
she's like an actress and she she mentioned the same thing even though i know that's a very different culture than australia like how people are more humble in japan like here the u.s people are more like oh like pray you know i'm doing my dream like yeah there's more of that here people are very interested in and excited here like it's kind of like childlike i think that's a really great quality it's like people get excited over the next new thing yeah uh that every idea gets an idea every idea gets a, a, an opportunity Whereas in Australia, you might get one idea and that's scrutinized and, yeah. oh, I don't know. And, uh, but here it's So I guess that's why people come, so many people come yeah. to the U.S. Because it's, it's like, so yeah, I'm going to do my thing. It has that. I'm so much do my opportunity, thing, yeah. so much optimism, so much excitement. It's that's completely different energy. And that's, I guess, part of the reason why you guys are so big. Because, you know, it's like, yes, 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 we'll do it, we'll do it, we'll do it. Yes, we can do it. And I think that's positive. Yeah. I personally love that energy. Um, I don't think it's like that back home as much, but that's just you know anecdotal. That's just my um, my observation. But yeah, I think it's really important when you're doing something to have that support and that kind of fertile ground to plant the seeds, have everything uh, grow, you know, and see what you've got rather than just you know wasteland. Any final thoughts you want to close out with? Maybe some advice for everybody listening. Uh, yeah, I think just uh, something I tell my clients all the time is, um, you know, to really invest in yourself as in like really, really think about, you know, loving yourself because it's great to love people, but sometimes they're not there, they don't get the text message, they die. So it's like, you really got to like try and be that sort of inner ally or your little, you know, your best friend to yourself to get through the hard times because uh, no one knows what uh, you're feeling except you. So... Life can be really hard and uh, it can have tough times and just to get through those rocky times, it's really important to uh, think about self-compassion and, and being there for yourself no matter what that looks like. So I would say that to anyone, whether they're a client or not. And I think uh, actually I have a thought about that because like the more you love yourself and the more you're like just uh, authentic, I think the more success yeah. that draws in a way. Yeah, the better parent you'll be, partner, yeah. And with media and stuff like comedy and stuff, I think people like honesty. Yeah. Like authentic, yeah. Yeah, I think if that's where you want to head, it's really what it's really what you want to do. But, but whatever it is, love yourself. Like just I, be happy. And yeah, if that's what something that interests you, I think you should really people should really invest in that and really investigate that because it can be a lifelong, lifelong journey. But definitely. Yeah, that's that, yeah, that's something I'm learning too. Like. Just you know, accept self more. Yeah, oh, it's it's definitely uh, so important, and we don't really get told that growing up. At least not in Australia. I don't think we're we, we sort of uh, maybe now kids. Yeah, you know, I guess uh, the positive Americans have it. They probably have it a little bit <laughs> yeah. more. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Yeah, that's interesting that's to hear. Yeah, because usually like I hear people say like, oh, Americans love their guns, or Americans, you know, they're. <laughs> Racist, like, but you're saying, like, we're, we're positive. <laughs> well, yeah. you're positive with your gun loving, yeah, yeah. which is kind of scary. Um, yeah, that's a that's another strange, uh, that's a strange phenomenon for an Australian. And minimum wage, healthcare, student loans, and guns. I mean, that's just very. We could have a whole other podcast about that. Yeah, absolutely. That's not that's not Australian at all. Like, we we do get looked after really well. It's a very civilized country. Um, you know, you won't die. You might not be a billionaire, but you won't die. It's very safe. Whereas I guess over here, you know, you might be a billionaire one day or you might be in the gutter. So it's kind of high risk, high return over here, which is part of the allure and excitement. And, you know, it's the specialness that is America. 
but it's got its flip side. Yeah, it's like the the, part, the having uh, self love is like something permanent you can have, kind of. That's right. It's it's, kind of you don't be a drawn. It's like kind of a don't be attached to things that are impermanent. That's right, because the only relationship you're gonna have your whole life is with yourself. Exactly. So you're around you 24/7. No one else is. So how do you want that to look? So it's about deciding. All right. Because life's tough, and you need as many buffers and shock absorbers as possible. And I think really, you know, getting to know yourself and being a support to yourself is really important. Like, but it's an art. It's, again, it's an art, and it takes time. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that's a good note to close on. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for Thanks having for me. Thanks for coming on. Thank yeah. you. Okay, so that was the conversation, and I hope you enjoyed it. I want to talk about what he said at the end about loving yourself. Your relationship with yourself is the only real permanent relationship you have as sad as that is to say in some ways because i guess with everybody else you're eventually gonna part ways you're always gonna be with yourself from the beginning till the end so i think a lot of us have sort of abusive relationships with ourselves you know just kicking the shit out of ourselves on the inside and being harder on ourselves than we would be on other people and sort of looking for other people's love or affection to validate who we are rather than validating ourselves, validating our own truth. Honestly, I think you can only really ever have a real, really like fully connect with other people when you fully connect in a, with yourself and accept yourself and love yourself. So I kind of wish, yeah, we could have expanded on that more in the conversation but you know it was it was a it was a great chat and i hope you loved listening to it as much as i enjoyed having it so but yeah that's about all i have to say for today and i'll catch you on the next episode bsing with who bsing with what bsing with sean k bsing with